Well, hello, my friends. I thought today I'd take a look at what can be done uh, with regard to various things that we have uh, talked about uh, on this page. Uh, for example, uh, now that Elon Musk has total control over one of the major ways Americans find out what's happening, and now I know, I know, Twitter is vapid and filled with smears and jeers, but it does have a hugely important role in shaping the news. Uh, the question is, what can be done to establish guardrails against dangerous lies? Uh, Musk's Twitter, like Zuckerberg's Facebook and Instagram, uh, functions more like a public utility than a private company. It has public functions, no direct competitors. Uh, Elon is talking a ga good game about, uh, what, absolutist, uh, anything goes. Uh, but that obviously is not going to work. We do need guardrails. Much of the answer, I think, boils down to making Twitter and Facebook and Instagram liable for what users say on their platforms. Uh, just like other publishers, in every other dimension of public life, tort law allows people who are defamed, harassed, or otherwise injured by malicious or hateful speech to sue. Now, it's a high bar. Plaintiffs have to establish that the publisher knew or had reason to know that the published material was false and injurious. Uh, but even the existence of the possibility of suing has made publishers take some minimal responsibility for what they're conveying to the public. Uh, in 1996, Congress enacted Section 230 of the Communications Decency Act that immunized website owners from liability. In just these 26 words, no provider or user of an interactive computer service shall be treated as the publisher or speaker of any information provided by another information content provider, essentially meaning no liability. Now, in 1996, Congress could not possibly have foreseen what would happen over the next quarter century, uh, with giant firms like Twitter and Facebook making money by posting incendiary content that attracts lots of attention, lots of eyeballs, and gives them, in return, piles of user data that they then monetize. Even if it facilitates political violence, riots, gang shootings, doesn't matter, I have been talking for some time about the various ways the rich and powerful in our society shield themselves from accountability. Repealing Section 230 would be one way to begin restoring accountability. Let's do it. Uh, here's another facet of lack of accountability, I guess you could say, um, and it has to do with the media, but it's the mainstream media. Uh, which continues to mislead the American public about the major cause of inflation. Now, let me hasten to reassure you, ideological blinders are not and should not ever be subject to libel laws. But they do need to be called out. And I'm going to call this one out. A lead article in this week's New York Times by Gianna Smilek and Ben Castleman attributes inflation largely to, as they say, a red-hot labor market. The authors write that America's heady pay gains could mean that the Fed has to react even more aggressively to slow down the economy. They quote Mary Daly, president of the Federal Reserve Bank of San Francisco, saying that higher wages can be a feeder for inflation. 
and Fed Chair Jerome Powell, saying the job market is unsustainably hot, that it's the Fed's job to get to a better place where supply and demand are closer together. Well, this is all total rubbish. Uh, Smilek and Castleman don't even mention the effects of higher corporate profit margins on inflation. But according to a new report by Josh Bivens at the Economic Policy Institute, over half of price inflation since March 2020, uh, his calculation is just about 54%, is attributable to fatter profit margins. Labor costs account for less than 8% of the price inflation. This is not normal. I've included, included a chart on this page showing that from 1979 to 2019, profits contributed only a bit over 11% to price growth, and labor costs contributed over 60%. Now, corporate power has built up over a long period of time, but the pandemic-driven demand surge has given firms even more pricing power vis-a-vis their customers. Powerful firms have also been free to pass on cost increases to their customers because uh, these firms don't face strong competition and they've been using the cover of inflation to add even more to their profit margins. Uh, So what to do? Bivens suggests that a temporary excess profits tax could provide some countervailing weight to the pricing power firms currently have vis-a-vis their customers. And I agree. Pity that the Times doesn't report any of this. Uh, Finally, to end today's post on an upbeat note, notwithstanding Putin's efforts to persuade the Russian people that his war against Ukraine is going well, and Putin's uh, general's efforts to convince Putin that it's going well, all available evidence suggests that it's going very badly for Putin. I, for one, am in awe of Ukraine's ability to take on the Russian Goliath and push it back. NATO and Joe Biden deserve credit as well for a steady and steadfast hand and strategy that looks to be working. We have no way of knowing how this is going to turn out, and I uh, continue to fear what a cornered Putin may resort to. But I've got to say the courage and tenacity of Ukraine NATO and Biden deserve our commendation and thanks.